You're listening to Can I Help You with the Love Master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Hello, welcome to another episode of Craig Shoemaker, Can I Help You? Dr. Craig Shoemaker, can I help you? Uh, This episode is brought to you by, I don't know, anybody who wants to. (laughs) Somebody else wants to sponsor us. We are ready and available. We're getting a lot more uh, hits and downloads and nice reviews. So far, they've enjoyed the previous shows that we've had. We have a a really special guest that just moved here from um, Colorado, I think. Uh, you know it's up for debate, but I'll take that one. Yeah, you're you're a, a woman about uh, the states. Yes. You've covered quite a few. Katie Ulander is our guest. I don't have any stats in front of me. I just know her personally. I know that she's a uh, – are you a world record holder in the uh, – I, I mean, I'll, I'll give champion. you the stats real quick. Hi. This is what I do on NBC. Nobody cares. <laughs> Hi. I'm Katie Ulander, four-time Olympian, world champion, and – a World Cup champion for the sport of skeleton. If you want my stats, I have 22 World Cup medals, 11 of them gold, uh, three World Championship titles, and I've won all the other things too, but they're on the lower circuit. So I that's, just focus that's a on lot. The that's stuff. a lot of hardware. I mean, uh, when you uh, have financial difficulties, you think about cashing that stuff in. <laughs> think w- about uh, going to Pawn Stars. <laughs> are they worth anything? <laughs> I don't know. I, I would imagine. I wouldn't mind having one. I, th- if you put it up for auction, I'd probably buy one and tell my kids I was a skeleton champion. I was a female for a few minutes <laughs> or something. I mean, these this day and age. Yeah, you could be anything. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, uh, Katie, you you're uh, new to Los Angeles, and what's so, what's really odd? We met a number of years ago at a Lakers game. And then you moved because mm-hmm. you have to move where you're training, right? Yeah, I'm I'm technically homeless. I like to tell people I uh, go where I'm needed, like Jesus did, just less important. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am. Well, you already took your shoes off, so that's Jesus like. Yeah, I like to sit in a position that I can get good um, back posture. Oh, is that what it is? And I'm short. My legs don't touch the ground usually when I sit. So in why shoes. have the shoes on anyway? They're just a burden. Exactly. And you really made yourself feel at home. You launched a burp. You got every bur- beverage in front of you. <laughs> it's a thing. I collect all the beverages. Like I like to be hydrated, but then I got my caffeine and then, you know, Cherry Coke Zero, which I didn't know if I should say the label. That's why I like. Well, you can say it. If those sponsors, that's fine. <laughs> well, I just, I'm a huge fan. I saw, uh, what is it? The Young Pope at that show on HBO. Yeah. And that's what he drinks for breakfast. And oh, I was, really? Yeah. So that's what turned you on to it? Boy, they better, they better get some money for some product placement on Young Pope. <laughs> Look what they've already sold you on this. And it surprises me when I sat down, I'm going, she's like a world-class athlete. I'm like watching what I'm drinking over here, and you're drinking Coke. They're an Olympic sponsor. I think I'm going through it. That doesn't matter. It's not good for you, is it? I... That's that could, what I hear, but they have it in the Olympic Training Center, so I get it. Like they have these little dispenser machines. Like, so if it's free, you just take it, even though if it's not great for your training. I mean, I would imagine that all, that's. I mean, that could take uh, paint off of a coffee table. Well, so. it's Cherry Coke Zero, so there's no sugar. I don't know. I, all I know is that I have an addiction. And <laughs> what's which is your addiction that you're talking about? Which uh, to, to to bubbly soda to bubbly soda just yeah. in general. But they happen to be the ones that are free and in front of you and a sponsor. Of the Olympics. Yeah. Now, w- once you're part of the Olympics, are you uh, just, I mean, are you are you an Olympian for life or is it for the time that you make the Olympics? I mean, what like you're in a transition period right now to the next ones. Mm-hmm. So are you an Olympian right now? You're always an Olympian is what right. we are told. 
Yeah. Um, it's just interesting because every Olympics I have to sign away my personality rights like it's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no longer own that image for like a month, even though I've been telling people I'm an Olympian for 15 years. Do they pull you into an office and say, listen, uh, you went a little off on this one? Sometimes. Um, they might do that now that you did my podcast. <laughs> bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> That's off brand. Craig Shoemaker, <laughs> comedian. I don't know about this. Yeah, I don't know if they care about me at the moment. Um it's it's specifically for a blackout period that is like February first. It could be January third, January thirty first to to the end of the games. I think it's like mm. six weeks, and you can't. You have to adhere your personality rights, your image. You own nothing, mm-hmm. and they there are even words you can't post. So it's called Rule Forty and Rule Fifty. Wow. So I can't even say thank you to the sponsors I had leading in. Um, they have changed it now. The U.S. has that you can apply for a campaign. Um, and I did it with one of the last companies, but it was a huge pain in the butt. A lot of paperwork, yeah. a lot of specifications of like a long-standing relationship, avoiding the use of certain words. Um, so you've been is- at it so long, though. The sponsors must be, they just keep changing. I mean, you've been at it so long, probably Paul Mall was, resp- was a sponsor <laughs> one time. It was brought to you by Paul Mall Cigarettes, filterless cigarettes for you. That'd and- be appropriate with my dirt. Diet Coke, <laughs> so attractive. Yeah. Do you, uh, by the way, speaking of, have you ever smoked cigarettes? Um, I tried it in high school. You tried it in high school. Yeah. yeah. But I found it to be disgusting. Like I remember yeah. waking up one day after after smoking the evening before, and I was like, "Well, my I taste dis- like I tasted bad, and my hands smelled bad, and my hair, and I was just over it." So I know people say quitting cold turkey isn't possible, but I think it is if you just don't like it. Are there Olympics that sm- Olympians that ever smoke cigarettes? For sure. I mean, yeah. when you say Olympians, it's a broad spectrum of right, people. Right, right. I like, mean, I would imagine if you're doing um, <laughs> curling. <laughs> curling. I think you could just you could oh, go they, on pack a day. John Johnny Schuster is one of my favorites. He's yeah. uh He brags about the fact that they're drinking league all the time. You know, <laughs> they're now reigning world champions, Olympic champions. That's incredible. Pretty amazing. Like, I'm, So that's his training uh, regimen. I'm not sure if it's included, but I do know that I am trying to convince him to let me join the team because it is a sport you can do forever. Yeah. yeah. I, and you and what's wild about you is I, you know, stay in touch with you a little bit, but you said, ah, you know what, during my little break here, I think I'll be a power lifter. I mean, Olympic lifter. Uh, is that what it's called? So, Olymp- What's the difference between powerlifting and Olympic lifting? Powerlifting is bench, deadlift, and squat, which okay. I did do in high school. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I went to state. Um, but Olympic lifting is the power clean and snatch. Okay. So it was like one of my favorite things to win. I, I remember, Those sound dirty. It, that's, the, why, that's why. Like, I Oh, remember, that's why you do it? No, that's why it's so funny. I walked up to uh, this guy that was a Nike rep uh, mm. for shoes, and he hooked me up with a pair of shoes. So I won a bunch of medals. I had... The best snatch in the country. <laughs> and <laughs> Stop. Stop. So I walked up to him. Stop. You just don't move on with that conversation, okay? You have to put a pause on that one. I did. You, he, I have the best it. snatch in the country. Yeah. So I, that's what I said. I walked up to him and I was like, here, I want you to have this. Now you have one of the best snatches in the country. And he just like <laughs> choked on himself. And I was like, thanks for the shoes. I'm joking right now. <laughs> I, I actually can't even look at you. <laughs> you just said that. Well, your mind went there. I'm just speaking the truth. My mind didn't go there. Every mind on the planet <laughs> went there. Your mind went there, too. As you said it, you knew what you were saying. <laughs> By the way, uh, a footnote is she's really attractive to top it all off. So, I'm mean, like, this beautiful woman goes, I got the best snatch in the country. So, just. Well, thank you. Does that make you from a nine to a ten? I mean, once you. So you have I don't this know. beautiful face, a- and it's attached to the perfect snatch. 
ain't ever lie. <laughs> okay, folks, I can't even look anymore. So uh, is, we're with Katie Ulander, and um, you have been involved with sports your entire life because your dad was a major league baseball player. I had his card. Mm-hmm. I had his baseball card. Yeah, he played uh, in the majors for eight years. Yeah. He ended his career with the Big Red Machine. Yeah. So Johnny Bench, uh, Tony Oliva, and did Joe you get, Morgan. Did you get the? You were a little girl. Did you get to know some of those legends? Because he was playing with them, like Johnny and Pete Rose. Did you know them? I mean, one of the best teams in history. I got to know about Pete Rose. Uh, if my, <laughs> if my, if my want to know much about him. Yeah, if my if my brothers had cards of him, they got torn up and thrown in the trash. Really? I don't think he's a um, a player favorite. Like, not very likable. I don't think he true. was a team guy. Well, he actually took out somebody in an All Star game. He did a head first slide, and Ray Fossey was the catcher in an all-star game which you know try that hard and he slammed into him head first and uh ruined his career broke his i mean that's one of the cool things about baseball i think and i think what made me so prepared to go into the olympics to a certain extent more so than others it's it's extremely difficult on the psyche like i just got involved with a a documentary called weight of gold Mm -hmm. and the mental health issues that go along with being an olympian and I am so blessed that I had my father because I think I actually went into sports with an identity, whereas a lot of athletes end up losing their identity because they're so fo- focused on performing, that people telling them what to do all the time, when to eat, when to sleep, where to be, what to do. You said you had an identity because of your last name and because he was a professional no. athlete. Why did you have an identity ha- ahead of everyone else? Uh, I think, you know, the philosophies that he taught me in regard to, to baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he told me uh, every time you step up to the plate, is a time you're where you're going to be facing the odds and you're always going to be against them so you have to believe in yourself that's why a great hitter only hits it 30 percent of the time exactly that's exactly what his point was it's not and much of a success rate not at all so you are facing the odds every time so that means the pitcher your dad actually has a 70 percent track record my father right? actually was an outfielder I thought he was a pitcher. A lot of people think that. But, why, uh, I wonder why that is. Maybe there was someone with a similar name. I, I thought that's what his card said. No, he was a, he was an outfielder, so he played uh, primarily center. But he started out as a catcher, okay. and then they found out he could run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and he, you know, you have to be fast in, in center field. Did you pick up the speed from him? You, uh, I mean, you, I'm sure he would say that. You have to be pretty fast in the skeleton. I mean, I've trained with Olympic sprinters, and they tell me I run like 1960s Batman. Boom. <laughs> But you know, I'm—I'd say I'm average or slightly above. Yeah. Yeah. We well, have to have some speed to. Uh, now, when you're doing the skeleton, if people don't know what that is, well, just describe what the skeleton is for the people that don't know. Well, essentially, uh, if you've ever had those dreams where you're flying, mm-hmm. you know that's what it feels like. But I'm going headfirst on a cookie sheet down an icy tube. So the best reference is Cool Runnings. You know the Jamaican bobsledders. So yeah, I that- go down that track but like on a cookie sheet head first so it's always that kid that tried to get on the slide head first and got in trouble um but this time it was like with permission <laughs> <laughs> i actually loved sledding when i was a kid so when i would watch you in the olympics i was like, i'd like to do that I, I because that's how we did it we did a head first. i'd rather go head first than being a bobsled trapped in there with four people and the bobsled weighs like 500 pounds right so like when i when i crash the sled weighs about 70 pounds it's that much? Yeah. I am absolutely shocked by that. So secret here is that I have a lot of power. 
So I'm not necessarily a good sprinter, hence 1960s Batman, but Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of power and and quickness. So you're digging into the ice because you have this power in your legs. I have a lot of, yeah. uh, Those are snatching legs. Exactly. Exactly. So now you're snatching the ice and just, and you're powering down and you get a, how many steps do you take on the run? I don't count, but I would say, like, the, we run up to 40. By now you might think you would have counted. <laughs> it's, it's a, I visualize what I'm doing in a functional purpose. So yeah. I see myself from a bird's eye view, and it's more of, like, running until I get to top speed and then just getting on the sled. So I run up to 40 meters, bent over. Okay. Um, it must yeah. be bad on the back. Um. If you ha- if you're efficient and you participate in this thing called Eldoa, which is fascial stretching, like I was blessed to have some of the best coaches in the world. Like uh, when they they now are at this place called Altus in Arizona, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. They allow athletes from all around the world to come there and train. All all types of athletes. Um, track and field primarily mm-hmm. now, but what I like about it is they they have worked for I think sixteen different Olympic games. Uh, many different host countries and they finally just said hey you know we don't want to be bound to any particular country like anyone that wants to come here and train with us come Mm. and honestly it's like the olympic atmosphere that's what it should be is like it's not about any sort of elite national elitism or pride but truly learning from each other and about the sport and and you're building a community and you must enjoy that i know you love friendships and stuff you've had you know lifelong friendships in the olympics Mm mm-hmm and uh, your friend passed away, the one I met. Yeah, Stephen Holcomb. Yeah, he was a bobsled champion. He was a gold medal winner, right? Olympic champion, three yeah. Olympic medals. Yeah, no. phenomenal. He was seriously the best I think the sport has ever seen. And he's also one of your best friends and a best person. Yeah, he was my person. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, if, if anyone gets a hold of our WhatsApp chats over the next seven years, my entire life is on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what goes on in the Olympic villages and Olympic training? Is there a lot of... Uh, sex with 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 people uh i mean you must be attracted to one another or either that or you're not it could go either way you know uh, me my personal approach was uh what, what's the phrase don't shit where you eat oh yeah that is the <laughs> phrase yeah exactly and i didn't train 15 years and get to the olympics to to go party and have sex right so my approach typically is uh are you like a boxer you go without sex <laughs> I mean, what did Nietzsche say that a aesthetic approach is? Uh, is that how you pronounce it? I think sometimes I get it confused with aesthetic. But uh, no, that's right. Yeah, is is primarily the most human thing you could you could attain because you have to get to know your primal instincts. It's like, am- it's amazing that a person's quoting, uh, quoting Nietzsche that at the uh, one paragraph away from "Don't shit where you eat." I mean, <laughs> now, welcome to the world of Ulander. Because that is how I roll. I quote. I'll quote. Switch on you, you from in a the Intellectual to a mobile home, <laughs> just like that. But you know, they could be the same in a different you yeah, know, a theory of relativity. Of course, nothing against mobile homes, folks. I've lived in one so so we're all human and and you were brought up in cincinnati uh, primarily uh no my dad was uh born in southern or no he was born in chicago heights but he grew up in southern texas born in 39 so my my father was a throwback badass old school uh kind of guy and and i loved it because i mean that's what i think baseball you know still holds a sense of integrity and um team spirit that i think professional sports are becoming it's becoming rare, mostly I, because I, it's so... Yeah, I would imagine that having a dad that's an athlete, obviously that was your biggest influence. And even like just being around it. 
You know, did you have a goal? I mean, I don't want to say it in a, I'll say it in a comedic way. Did you have daddy issues that you wanted to work out? <laughs> you know, like make them proud of you, like that kind of thing. Was that at the at the center of all this? I think that's why I came into the sport with such a phenomenal identity or a sense of who I was, and I think that's essentially why I'm so much different than even my sub my siblings. The approach my father had with me was it's so crazy. It can be such a different experience compared to the rest of my siblings were in the same house yeah but that that sense of like trying to please someone or perform it was never my goal oh you didn't have that no it was really interesting because Do you think it's because he gave it to you anyway and so no. you didn't have the longing for it because he already gave it i mean he definitely loved me i was definitely yeah. daddy's girl like, you were the favorite yeah. are you going to admit to that i hate to yeah oh my god but I hope I your siblings like, aren't listening they know they're probably oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not disputed. I know it's kind of it's you know I'm a dad now of four and you ne and you never want to say it. No, like who I, the favorite is, but you have you know yeah. It's in other words, as a dad, you you're not a parent yet, right? Heck no. Okay, well, well, I have a dog. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> she's in. The but you don't have two right though, now. so they can't compare. You know, they can't fight for your attention because you only have one. Yeah, but when you have four, they really do have that inside of them. I wonder if. My dad likes me the most, and you know I'm sure they have that feeling. But you really do try to balance it out. I would never want them on a podcast someday saying, "Oh my, I was definitely daddy's girl." Yeah, well, <laughs> I, was, I was always the favorite. The, it was a different kind of thing, though. I think so. My dad had a marriage out of high school, married his high school sweetheart, had mm -hmm. three kids, and I'm sure he loved all of those three kids equally. Um, but oh, those are your half siblings. Yes, my my brother Scott, my sister Cheryl, and my brother Hank. Um, but my father had this old school way of, like, you have to understand his dad was born in Germany mm -hmm. from a military family. So they came over to the U.S. Uh, during the First World War, just before it. My great-grandfather was in Kaiser Wilhelm's army. We called mm. him Kaiser Bill. He had the mess-up arm. Thought he was super crazy. Oh, he started the German army. Yeah. Oh. Started World War One. Basically, that story was like, we didn't agree with the German movement. Yeah. And we're like, peace out. So they came to the U.S. <laughs> and that was kind of the beginning of like my the for one of the first lessons I learned was like, no matter what, it's always your choice yeah. to follow the leader. Mm -hmm. If you don't agree with it, it's your choice to leave. And um, right. and stood by that. So the way he taught things was really was really dependent on common sense. So, and I was laughing before you got in here because my mind constantly goes back to my first lesson of common sense with my father. And I think this was the biggest difference between me and the other kids is I was a super nerd. Mm -hmm. Super nerd. I can see that. Uh, I would not pay attention in school, wouldn't do anything until I understood the purpose behind it. And I think my dad noticed that early on. Like we, and you were the only child of the other marriage. No, I was the second or okay. first, first of two. But so remember, he has he has five total. Yeah, and you're the favorite of all the five. Uh, I mean, yeah. I can. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was by chance, by luck. I think as right. he, each kid he had, he got a little better. But being a female, I think I I also was blessed with a different perspective. And then um, oh, that, you mean the other ones were boys? I have three brothers and one sister. And one sister, okay. Yeah, the sister She's the one probably has issues today. The oldest, yeah. She has <laughs> but, but I mean, this is what I was saying is like, you, is there jealousy? By the way, do you think no, when they're watching you in the Olympics, are they all really supportive? Every one of your siblings? Uh, for the most part, yeah. We're not super close. Um, my brother Scott and I are the closest. But I would imagine, you know. All family dynamics are what they are. Yeah. And I would imagine you in the spotlight. I have that issue. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean. I think we're bonding right now. Well, oh, yeah. It's my sister. You know, it's it's pretty. 
I mean, you, you want to identify like what the problem is. I, we're at the no speak to thing. That's our family, mm. which drives me crazy. It's so not me. You know, I'm not like that at all. I'm like, hey, let's just settle it out. You know, let's say what it is and put it on the table and be honest and look at one another in the eye and yeah. and know that we and be accountable and reasonable. And, transparency. It, transparency. Everybody wants it until you have to expose yourself. Yeah, exactly. But our family is one that trains not to talk about Olympic training. We are Olymp- yeah. <laughs> Olympic <laughs> training when it comes to no transparency. Everything's about the image and everything else. So that we're left with that. Uh, just I'm not going to talk to you, but. A lot of people say, oh, your sister's just jealous. And I don't want to say it's the case because, you know, I'm in show business and obviously newspapers and television and stuff like that. And I did find her through the year saying, you know, did you see my article in the paper about me? You know, her, she did some things. Yeah. So there has to be some element of that when they're watching you. I mean, you've been in the Olympics a number of times. We watched you on television. Team Shoemaker was behind Team Katie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were cheering you on. And, and, uh, you know, I I know a lot of I know you're very popular, too, amongst uh, the Olympians. I mean, I know they featured you a number of times on television. Yeah, sometimes. I don't know about lately since I've been a little bit outspoken in regard to athlete rights and stuff. But I hear you As, as far as like you know, jealousy and family dynamics, it is difficult and it is different. Um, and I've even experienced that in relationships with men. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think the key that I... You, that they have jealousy. Uh, not jealousy. I, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, there's Well, so many- you're getting the attention and a guy, you know, traditionally, the way we're programmed is we want to be the alpha. We want to be the one you know, the leader and out front. And yeah, he can be my alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Just personally, on a personal level. But yeah. in the, on, a, on a world level, you have to be the alpha. I don't have to be anything. I'm just going to be me. No, but you have to be the alpha because, look, a winning athlete has to be, has some alpha. You have to. Well, it's natural, but that's the thing. You is can't you, be. You can have two alphas. And then they just chill. Like my dad. And <laughs> this is I, why this, you're single, honey. <laughs> I know. You don't have to tell me this. Yes, I do have my to sister, tell you. Apparently, my because sister-in-law. If you, I'm telling you, an alpha and an alpha don't go together. My sister-in-law said the same thing. She's like, you know, you're gonna be single forever. And I was like, sorry. She goes, uh, yeah, you need to be more submissive. And I was like, what does that even mean? She's like, exactly. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's wander into that territory because the show is actually called Dr. Craig Shoemaker. Can I help you? I All don't right. know if you knew this well, about let's... me, but I do counsel people wow, okay. on relationships. Yes, I've studied it, and I I fixed up nine marriages now or under my belt that I nine not including my so own. You're saying you can help me get one? I could get to double digits with my own marriages. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm the king of fixing up. I you know I try to fix you up with a roommate. Uh, I've I've been trying that. That and was jobs. a different kind of fix up. I know it was, but yeah, still yeah. I you know worked no, you are. I worked you hard on magic. it. You know, and uh, it was by total coincidence a person you were interviewing with happens to be an old friend of mine. And, so I did all my research. I wanted to make sure my little niece Katie was okay moving Los Angeles in this guy's house. Serious vetting. Serious. Yeah, serious but vetting. I mean, I'll vet everything mm-hmm. uh, and then present to you my findings, mm-hmm. and including with relationships. And I, my, so I give people suggestions based on my failures and my successes in relationships as well. You mm-hmm. know, I share the experience with you. And the one thing is that I have found. Is two alphas don't work. <laughs> so so just, either it, here's the here's your I'm choices. I'm not gonna be attracted to a big weenie. See, there's the thing. But see, you're calling it a big weenie. Only an <laughs> al- only an alpha would say that. 
only an alpha would say those are the only choices. It couldn't be somebody that's just chill. That's what I would call them. Oh, chill would be great. Yeah, but no, that's big weenie to you because no, then not. you're going to think they're submissive and they're not aggressive. And a lot of the alpha, that's part of the personality, is you're aggressive. Okay, let me clear. You can't have them both. Now, you can have that. Here's the one thing I will put a caveat. You can have it if you are not in your alpha in moments, like uh, hours yeah. at a time, mm -hmm. and they are, and vice versa. Now that I'm down with. Okay. I don't think you are. I am, though. <laughs> You'd like to be, but I think in general- you know, no, that's a, yours that, probably lasts only a few minutes. No, it's uh, it's earned. Oh, they have to earn that. Only an alpha would say that. <laughs> no, let me just explain. So, <laughs> because I, when you have the strong opinions on this, that's an alpha way. I'm telling you though, like you see you, you, you saying dating, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, you try dating in the Olympic arena or in this this uh, right. arena I'm in, and and like I was talking to your act the lady downstairs about it because. I met this person recently. He's like, yeah, I'm on SeekingArrangements.com. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what? That's what she's on. No, no, no. So I, I, I was it. talking to your lobby girl because I just found out while I was down there. And I was yeah. like, what the heck is this? Look it up. And it literally says sugar daddies on there. Really? Yeah. She's looking for sugar daddies, the, the, the woman downstairs? Apologies. I didn't mean to bring her into it. I just she That's was, okay. She was I don't innocent... even know her. It's amazing <laughs> that you know her better than I do. And I've been working here for a while. She was an innocent bystander. And I was like, I'm going to talk to you because you're here. And I just found out something shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, today you have men that just have sex and women at the, at the at a swipe. Now, with the Tinder. Not only right. that, but this, this website is dedicated to women that are like, hey, if you pay for my apartment and my clothes and give me a great lifestyle, we can hook up. You mean while you were waiting in the lobby here at the Sirius XM Studios, that's where, we're, uh, that's where we're doing our podcast from today because I'm about to go do my sports show on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 every Sunday night at 8 o'clock Pacific. Anyway, you were down there waiting for me. I was lost in those bad traffic, and this all came up. She's that she's looking for. Uh, you're not outing no, her. I'm not going to go up there and have to, judgment on her. I had lunch with a friend, and he was telling me he was on the site. Oh, okay. I see. And um, he's like, I wouldn't recommend it to you. And no, I was wait like, a minute. He's on the site because he wants to be a sugar daddy? No, he is a sugar daddy, apparently. Oh, he already is. Yeah. So he's looking for more um, sugar. <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess, guess they call say. them, on the site, they're called sugar babies. He's looking for sugar babies, and other and people on there are looking for sugar daddies. Did he recommend you go to this site? He said it was not a good site for me, and I agreed. Well, it can't be because, again, your personality does not fit with... No. Having, having a sugar daddy. Not It's at not all. your thing. No. Because you're very independent. Look at what you've done. I mean, you've been an Olympic in school. Then you say, oh, I'm going to go be the biggest. Uh, I'm going to go do uh, weightlifting or uh, Olympic lifting. Thank you. Olympic lifting. And then I'm, now you're in Los Angeles. And, you know, I'm going to ride a bicycle. Yeah, I am. I'm doing track cycling. I'm now. doing track cycling. Is that an Olympic sport? Are you, it is. Are you planning on being the Olympics for for on a bicycle if i can i will but i've got to drop about a second in my my one lap time it doesn't doing, sound like a lot to us doesn't to me either the, i've only done the sport for like six weeks so <laughs> it really i really don't you know are. i was just like this my friend my teammate mandy was like hey i'll give you a bike here's a coach here's all this stuff uh -huh. just come pedal and i was like that sounds like a good deal so if they're gonna hook me up with all this stuff i'll give them everything i got you, and you'll give them the whole. Uh, you'll give them the Batman. Uh, do you do the Batman on the bicycle too? Yes. Bang, boom, oh boosh, pa. I think you just named my bike. <laughs> 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 da -na 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 -na. 
That's gonna be my theme song. Oh, yeah, you should play dun, that in your dun, headphones. Dun, 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 dun. Do you do yeah. you work out with headphones with of music? Course, yeah. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. You I mean, mean of course. In the old music days, you is didn't. like my my. It's part of my essence. Like I need it. it yeah. yeah. What kind of music do you listen to to pump you up? It depends on my mood. Um, I'm quite eclectic. So if I'm studying, I prefer like chopping or no working out i'm talking about oh, working out what's your workout music it does, for it training depends. for the skeleton what what would be your workout skeleton music? it depends on the track and the mood like it depends on the track yeah because each track's different like, so so this track's like mellow i think i'll go sarah mclaughlin down this track more reggae more reggae yeah. <laughs> really yeah but sarah just makes me think of the sad puppies that need to be adopted <laughs> so you're you're thinking of that your whole way down and that, that's not a good thought to it's have. just like that's rhythm like mantra getting into like a relaxed state of mind but yeah. there are certain tracks like altenburg germany there's a curve four and i remember at world championships i wasn't being aggressive enough i kept flipping on the exit so i was like can I cuss on this? Oh yeah, oh, sure, I was absolutely. Like, okay, fuck you, Curve Four. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I had to like try to be angry, but it wasn't really my personality. You know, I was just like, ah, okay, get angry. Like, right. so I I play a little higher intense music because the sport is super unique in that you want to be the meathead jock out of the block, like super powerful. Right. You load. You can't on- have feelings either. What, it's what are too those? quick for feelings. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the problem with the relationship. I'm going to blend the two. I'm going to tell. I'm going to find out at the end of this where the block is. Okay. Good. Good luck. <laughs> you can join the list of men. I can to do it out. this within how much? How many more minutes do we have here? Oh, we've got plenty of time. I'm up for the challenge. You are well. Yeah. You you have to be with me, is because I what I do is I dissect. You know, and I have to work with people too on certain things because if you do have the blocks in relationships, I'll tell you where they are. Yeah, I just can't find one. Find a block? No, find a relationship. I was going to say I could find a block within. I already did. I got like <laughs> ten already that we could list. Well, I mean, I can guarantee even the people that are listening, if it's a single dude, they're all going to contact me now. Okay, sweet. Vet them for me. Send them my way. I'll have to vet them. I don't know who listens to me that's going to be, you know, they have to be high quality to be with you. I know. That's the problem. That's not a problem. You should go for the the greatest. That's the thing that a lot of people do is they do that settling thing and it's... No, I'm just saying in my circle, this is what I'm saying, like professional athletes, like 2014 ESPYs, perfect example. Mm -hmm. What did Drake do? There's a song called Side Pieces. This is a thing. You have like Tinder. You have you have like all these women available wherever. And if you're a man of quality, it's like you have all these women willing to, you know, sell themselves. Yeah, but that's to fit a but that's them. That's a whole other arena. That's like a. Yeah, you know, but a lot of men. It doesn't choose matter. A woman. That's okay though. Then you don't want them. No, no, no. I'm just saying a lot of men choose women based on an ideal of what they want for their lives at a certain time. W- like especially within right. the Olympics, like these guys are fairly elite, and they're like, "I want a, I want a wife, I want kids, and I want my wife to do A, B, and C." Yeah. So they go and get that because they have that choice because they're studs and they're mm-hmm. famous and they're going to make money, so they have those choices. But they're not on your list. See, that's the thing is you can vet your own list by that. I don't know if anybody I have a that list. it's listening to. Uh, I, I want pieces or whatever it's called. What was it? What was it called? The Drake song. Oh, side pieces. I get my side pieces. <laughs> And and it got it's you know singing along with side pieces. He's out. There's a lot of people that are out. True. I mean, so this is I've dated a lot of different kinds of men. Like that's I think that's one thing that confuses people when they ask me what my type is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like I I don't I've had to stop and think, and I was like, you know what, my number one quality that I like in a man is integrity. See now now we are onto something good because now you're not into what you can have. 
now you're not into they're not there or they're doing this or they're doing that. You have to hold on to your own values. But do you know how many people out there, and I'm not saying men, I'm saying people have selective ethics. But what I'm saying is, (laughs) see, see, now you took this great potential and you limited it. (laughs) You limited by saying, this is what I've experienced in the past. True. If you stay with, I mean, I can only, I can give you myself as an example. I wanted a certain type of woman my entire life. I, on the inside, I expressed it as a joke on the outside, but I would never, I said, I want a hippie chick. I like hippie chicks, you know, and I make fun. I said, in bare feet where you, you know, they need a chimney sweep to clean their feet. <laughs> just, this is like a joke, but. Yeah, some imagery there. But I, I know, I know. I well, just saw black feet in my face. Exactly. My head. <laughs> well, that's what I, that's what I'm saying is I would exaggerate it and say, mm-hmm. you know, except for the shape pits. I got to have shape pits. But anyway, I would always like go for the oh. ones with, I really was attracted to like those sundresses. You know, when the sun hits them, you can sort of but see why? that they have no bra. I, that's what I was on the inside, but mm-hmm. I never went for one once. Really? So what I would do is I would go for the ones that are on your list of the ones that were not of integrity, of not what I wanted. But no, no, no. But how do you vet? So this is this is the thing I did recently. You can't vet it until you're ready for exactly not settling for anything except for what you just put on your top of your list. All right. So from that point forward, you have to understand that it's unlimited your choices, but you're you think that they're limited because of you've only attracted the other. Do you see what I'm saying? You've only attracted the other, so those that's your experience. So therefore, I'm like a fuckboy magnet. You're gonna right, <laughs> but you're <laughs> put, but you're putting that out. You they're see what I'm saying? It's stick it, man, playboy. You know, you know, all law, those you know, law of attraction. I mean, this is what you're doing. You're putting out to the universe your limited thinking of this is all I'm worth, and I'm all because. You're not st- saying, I'm going to stay steady and know that this great man, this very unique, I'm unique, I'm Katie Ulander, I'm really unique. This is exactly what I want, and it will be delivered once you accept that it will be. Do you see what I just said? I do. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you. I no, heard you. But, but I, you know, that's well, so many people do that because we're so conditioned. I mean, you've been conditioned for years of these type of guys. You've been around it. You've got your stories from 2014 at the ESPYs. I mean, you have all the stories to confirm that thought, but you don't have a buildup of stories of the people that you said, no, I'm only going to accept a man with the greatest of integrity. You don't have enough of those stories to think to yourself, oh, I have confidence that that guy is coming along the road because you've had all the other and mm-hmm. been burnt by it, I'm sure, and feel bad about yourself. Well, you've compromised. Just... You've slept with people you shouldn't have. You regret it because you know you don't like the feeling of afterwards or you don't like the way it broke up and all that stuff. That's on your. That's all in your conditioning now. So this is what you know, the, the Tinder people, the, the users – that's those are all your answers. You don't have a buildup of something that would give you esteem right. and confidence but I am to know that it's out there. To feel like a bit of a minority. Maybe it's because I moved to LA. But you are a minority. But being a cis female who wants monogamy. See, but you but you're just <laughs> making all these lists. You have to understand something. What you just said is I'm a minority. It's great to be a minority. You don't right. want to be a majority because what are the majority? The majority are the people that go for the image, the people that go for what they're not even listening to themselves it's they're going the for what they're told generalized other what the like the society paints as the thing and that's what's scary exactly. me is like the thing right now is to be open to be free to have an open relationship you know if i don't want to sleep around and i want to be monogamous or you know god forbid just 
try not to have sex till I get married, that's like a, a, a like I'm crazy. Like mm-hmm. who? <laughs> well, yeah, you are on that one. I mean, no, I'm, just I'm not saying I'll make it, but I at least want to try. You know, you like, do. You want to you know, try. Like, What's the reason you want to try? Um, I just. Found. So it's integrity first, and the mm-hmm. second is a guy that doesn't want to sleep with you until you're married. Well, I mean, that, is that number that two, or is that like on a maybe that shouldn't be top a thing. ten? That shouldn't be a thing. It That's not just, a thing. No, it should just be a respect thing. A respect thing. Yeah, like okay. I, I think it's more for me in regard to to sex. It's more about being on the same same page, comfortable, mm-hmm. and understanding um, what what the expectations are, right? And for me, I just I'm getting to that point where I'd rather I like to be with one person. And, and like build a relationship and I like to show my I guess my feelings or my affection physically so if I'm I don't really like casual relationships or mm. random hookups you're all in yeah well <laughs> again you're listing something random hookups and well, I mean not that I haven't that. done it like I know right but because... I'm saying you that because well you probably are lonely and think to yourself you, you give up on your I have to have integrity I have to have this so you go, eh, i got some sexual needs here. I think I'm going <laughs> to let go of some of those standards right now. And then you end up with that, which is fine. No, I mean. All, if you can just think of it like this. This is my suggestion for you. Mike. Well, you wanted to know what number yeah. two was. What's that? It's integrity, respect. Um, they both come hand in hand, by the way. True. If but, you have the integrity, you have the respect. But to me, if a man has integrity, respect, and his own, um, his own foundation, yeah. Then it's easy for me to support that. Mm-hmm. So you're saying alpha and alpha could only work. Well, I want to be someone that's like I'm so much of a nurturer, like more than people would realize. Right. But you I have, have that element of you. Yeah. But yeah. I have to trust that person 100 percent. Once I do, I'm like, what do you need? I'm going to be there for you. I'll make sure you got everything, you know, just as I'd like to be treated. I guess you're kind of I keep you. I would say that you were ahead of the game a lot. You're, you go into the into the future as opposed to stay right here. Accurate. And, and what you want. Right. And when you, do, when you do project to the future, what I'm getting in this 20-minute conversation is you're projecting all of the things that have been programmed into you of the, you know, the Lotharios that, you know, the cheat or the one-nighters and well, all that no, kind of stuff. Well, no, what's confusing is that I've, well, I, my last relationship, one of, one of the last ones, was scary because I, this guy and I, it was awesome. Like, Super rad, super fun. Um, Athlete? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I have to tell you, folks who are listening, she literally put her eyes up in the air. Like <laughs> she, she didn't want to even answer it. It was almost like she had a little guilt. Shame. Wouldn't look at <laughs> I, I, you see how sp- See, I'm an intuitive, Katie. This is part of the this is part of the program. Game of Thrones, shame. Uh, Yeah, I didn't even have to be an intuitive to see your eyes that could literally see behind you. That's how far they rolled up in your head because you couldn't look at me when you when you said yes, an athlete. Yeah, I might have even looked down at the ground. No, you looked up, (laughs) (laughs) searching for an answer, and just said, "Ah, I'll go with the truth." Yes, it was an athlete, Mm -hmm. and was it an Olympic athlete? So it was somebody within the community. Let's keep it broad. Let's keep it broad. That's broad. I don't. I don't want to reveal his identity. No, no, I'm not going there. I know, but I'm going with type community. I'm going. Okay, all right. So, So, we all know. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you just basically basically said it. Yes, he's an Olympian. Well, Well, whatever the case is, you went with an athlete who probably wasn't. Didn't have the qualities that you wanted going in. I think he in. did, but I think you that, think that he did. No, I, I. Well, this is what I mean. Human people are not so black and white, or no, it's a huge mm. spectrum. And, and like Nietzsche, 
this is I love him because he it's young in uh, psychology as well talking about the multiple personalities we all mm-hmm. have we yeah. all have in our yeah. in our minds in our inner essence mm-hmm. and those personalities are constantly battling each other becoming adversaries or partners depending on what they're facing right and I think I have a tendency to appreciate or relate to fallible men mm-hmm. mostly because I prefer fallible to men fallible yeah susceptibility well, to all, being, everyone's fallible right yeah some of us are more susceptible You're talking than about others. degrees of fallible. You, yeah. So you, you want, from a one to ten, you want a nine fallible guy. <laughs> I want a guy. I think what I initially thought was awesome is he came from a rough background and mm. was overcoming that. And you like that. That, was, well, that actually is a, that's a pretty good quality. As, I, as long as they're taking a good path to deal with that. Because there's missing elements. Now there's what, the key. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people miss. Listen, we're all programmed. You're all the stuff you're talking about is all the programming that we get, and that's not good programming. Generally, ninety nine percent of America or the world is not programmed properly. Well, I mean, we're that's programmed the to it's... go for something that's unattainable. We're it's not right for us. It's not organic to us, and that's what you like. These almost excuses or whatever it is, or you know, some of your experience in this. That's where you go to. You go to, oh, it's because of that. It's because of that. But you still are losing uh, that that value that you hold within all of those. Well, I think it's a matter of developing discernment as well as uh, communication skills and recognizing the needs of another person or their susceptibilities. In this guy's case, I think that he he held that integrity, that truth. That was the man he wanted to be. He presented a man that had overcome adversity and was seeking to prevent it from help from other people. Like, prevent it from happening well, to other what kids, guys other won't people. Do to get that perfect snatch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, then it turned out. Oh, they'll out, present well, and so do women. Right. Everybody's well, guilty of that. I don't know if you noticed, but I don't know how to present shit. Like it's basically <laughs> like you said, I go from intellectual to to yeah, you're home. not a presenter, which is great. So you need a person that can appreciate that. You need a person that- Are you that, trying to say that this shouldn't be appreciated, Craig? No, uh, uh, the opposite. I said, uh, <laughs> no, the opposite. How in the world did you hear that? I'm messing with you. It's part of your fallible. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm saying that you have to wait or draw in. It's mm-hmm. not even a waiting thing. It's really committing to these values. Right. Yeah. And these standards and these ethics and what you truly want. It will be there if you trust and have faith in that. True. And stay on your path, no one else's. Right. And forget everyone else's story about you know how quickly they can, you know, wipe someone think- on Tinder or or whatever the case is or a story about athletes or st- all the but stories that's the key, that key, right? Is figuring out how to be true to yourself and honest it is the with key. yourself because that's exactly right. It, I had to I'm paying attention to what everyone else is doing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like swiping would be easy. I was about to get to yeah. that. What if you just, here's my, Craig, I mean, I've never, here's my Craig Shoemaker, can I help you? All right, I'm listening. What if you just took out the equation of the other? Right. So think about all the space that you're now making for this self transformation, for unlimited. this evolution. It's un- un- now it's unlimited creativity. because, exactly. And so boundaries. now you're with the creator. You're one with the creator. You're one with yourself. Mm-hmm. What if you did that and took away all of the standards of society and all of what we expect from even athletes or the people you're surrounded with or men or whatever it is? What if you took all of that out? Forget the partner. 
and become partners with yourself first. I think that's the key. And that's part of what I'm doing in LA right now. Um, Becoming partners with yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was trying to, well, we started out explaining that I had lost my identity as an Mm -hmm. Olympian, but I went in with an an identity. Yeah. And um, I got that identity through my father, you know, teaching me to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So he would, you know, that was the difference between me and my siblings. Like, there's one example of my brother. He scored 23 points in the first half of the basketball game. Mm-hmm. Now, he tells me a story. I wasn't there. And um, he's, like, super stoked, start of the game. My dad comes down at the halftime, and he walks up to him, and he goes, you need to play better defense. <laughs> <laughs> and S- Scott looks around. And he's like, what the heck? Wow. Now, the difference between Scott and I is if your I, dad said that to you, you'd have a completely different response. Correct. Right. So I when my that. dad would say stuff like t- that to me, I would say, like, I remember, this is the common sense lesson. Did your, did your brother come from the, I can't do enough for this guy? Uh, and I you're think that's how he it. felt and he feels now, but back then he just tried to play better defense. And, oh, okay. And it ruined his offense. Right. Right. Like, he, he was constantly trying to, to, to do what his father told him to, which yeah. I think is normal. Most kids would do that. Somewhat, yeah. You know, but I remember, for some reason, I, you know, this is why I used to joke around about, you know, having this ability to hyper-focus or, or, like, I just was on another level mentally. Like, I didn't understand instructions unless there was a purpose behind them, since I could remember. Mm-hmm. Like, with my mom when I was four, she was, we were racing sailboats. She used to race sailboats in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And in between the races, they were jumping off the side, grabbing the buoy, and climbing back up on the boat. And I remember I'm four, and I'm like, I want to do it. And she goes, you can't. You're not strong enough. Well, without hesitation, I took my life jacket off and jumped off the side of the boat. Right. Grabbed the buoy, pulled myself back up, and she's, like, freaking out. She's like, I told you no. I was like, no, you didn't. You said Mm. I wasn't strong enough, and I knew I was. That's different than no. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And As you like, hear it. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean, goodness, if I have children, leash. I'm putting a leash on them. <laughs> but <laughs> No, no. No, 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 I know. I'm just kidding. But I'm just No, think, you're not. <laughs> no, I think that it gives me some insight into, yeah. like, I mean, I was I was a very intelligent four-year-old. I had full conversations, full memory, yada, mm-hmm. yada. You know, and then my dad, I remember, you know, I asked him to teach me how to read, and he made me sit down and write the alphabet. Mm-hmm. All caps, which if you watch, if you look at my hand right now, it's the same. Print all you're always caps. yelling at people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he no, didn't realize that in the future that would mean you're screaming. You know what he told me? It's always legible. That is so, true. I, I try to work on that with my one son. Horrible. The worst writing I've ever seen in my life. I try to give me, I'm going to go with that now. I'm going to go block letters. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling going you. old school with this kid. Efficient. Yeah. So he told, I was like upset because I was like, I wanted to learn how to read, not write. And he started laughing at me and eventually he explained it. And so I was like, oh, okay, there's always a purpose here. But I remember when I was nine, this is the biggest moment, I think, that, or one of the most significant, is I, I we used to have those, like, um, trashy magazines, you know, like Us Weekly, whatever, all the gossip, you know, and I had this big crush on Brad Pitt. Might have been in, like, fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I, I was, yeah, it's like... It's understandable. I think I did, too. I mean, <laughs> I mean and I'm as straight as it gets. Goodness. Yeah, he's a, a, a ridiculous. Yeah. There's sometimes I watch movies, like, when he was in a movie, like, one of the first Oceans movies with George Clooney, I'm just going... Can there be a law? There's two of them. <laughs> two of them. In almost every scene that are... Can there be a law on how, yeah, but how attractive you can be? George Clooney is never going to be able to stand in Legends of the Fall or... Um, <laughs> like, what What was the other movie where he was without a shirt? Let's say I just interviewed the vampire. All of them. Right. Like, he's just, like, extra... He's just extra good. Yeah, that that is true. We don't have much time. I oh, want. I want. Well, let me just yeah. finish the story. So, yeah. the the magazine I had, and I my dad said you can't take that to school. 
And I was like, why not? He goes, because you need to be studying. So I go back into my room. I put it in my backpack and I come back out and he grabs the magazine out and he tears it to shreds. And he's like, you need to have more common sense. You better get some or I'm going to disown you. And I look at him and I go, what's common sense? <laughs> and he goes you better go look it up so like that's the thing is like when he would talk to me that way and it did not hurt my feelings right. i took it as a lesson so i was like well, I'm trying to figure out what he was saying so i go to school and i ask the teacher i'm like what what's common sense and he goes there's an encyclopedia so i start i start looking it up and so everything and so then i came back and talked to him about it but everything beyond that point mm-hmm. he was he loved it he loved that i would come back and ask questions and then we'd have a conversation about why and so my approach to the rest of my career, to my life, was to, you know, adhere to common sense and pragmatically approach something good. And yeah. I think if you look up that definition, it's not just coming up with um, something that is a good solution, but it's a fundamentally good solution, is what it says in the in the yeah. encyclopedia. You know, which means that there's a code of ethics there. Yeah. And my father had an expectation of common sense, integrity, mm-hmm. perseverance. And compassion. You really have absorbed a lot from him. Yeah. I Ho- mean, hopefully, um, it, you know, you'll stay with that. What I would say is uh, something that uh, of instinct that comes up with me with you is you're obviously goal oriented. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Exactly. <laughs> so, what I would say is now, I, if you understand, I'm a guy that's been around. <laughs> okay. And I went with the goals, and I know the people with the goals. And I will tell you, this is what I have learned in a common sense approach, if you will, is when people are so goal-oriented, when they get to that goal, I have found that they're, they don't get the Shangri-La that they seek. It well, doesn't equal, hang on, it doesn't equal what they were hoping it would. So if the goal is, if you are go- to have a goal, it's not on the outside, it's on the inside. And if that inside is the goal, where you're getting a gold medal from some connection with self through meditation or through even going on a great skeleton ride or a great bicycle ride, if that's your goal, then the rest happens naturally and you're not forcing it. You're not going or doing it someone else's way or... or compromising your own integrity or changing yourself for others or being a chameleon or whatever it is, you won't do that if that's the goal. But the thing is, we've been so taught that you have no medal to show for that goal. You have no um, you know, achievement certificate for that goal of getting to know yourself better. There's no boxes to check in life though, right? Yeah. But I will tell you that I have it, that I got there. Now, I won Comedian Year American Comedy Awards, right? Big, huge award. You know, previous winners are Seinfeld and Ella DeGeneres. And, wow, I'm at the ultimate peak. This is the Academy Awards of, uh, of, of comedy. And, and yet that goal became the opposite for me. It, it was because then you go, oh, what's next? What's mm-hmm. next? What's next? There is no what's next when you have a goal of getting to know yourself. It's just it's being in the presence. It's being in consciousness and mindfulness. And the, the more those happen, the more the goals are achieved. That's the irony. And you, you can't show it to anyone, but they can see it and they can feel it. And that's when that person is going to come to you. That person who is a reflection of you who have achieved that goal of self. Now that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. you won't be seeking it. 
You won't be finding it. You won't look at it online. It will come to you. This person, you might even know this person already that sees this different you, that's a, that, you know, recognizes or recognizes. They go, wow, that's a feeling. I, it's just, it's an energy. So if you create that energy, that's what, you know, energy follows thought. And that energy will I come like to you. I like that. I'm going to write that down. Energy follows thought. That's and, legit. Yeah. So if you think along those lines, I will guarantee you, because I know your true essence. Look, we met years ago, and mm -hmm. I always dug your essence. You know what I mean? Thanks. That's an energy. You know, I just picked it up. And it happens to me often only because I'm in a better state of mind because I'm not into the goal-oriented. What can this person do for me? What can I get from them? Or, you know, how can I work this where I fit with them better? There's none of that if you get to know you. Now it just happens naturally. That's the cool thing that um, I think I'm in, in at a point of discovery right now is like that essence you're talking about, mm -hmm. that, that is where I started. When my dad passed away. Yes, of course it is. Yes. Yeah. When my dad passed away, um, I was trying to get back to see him and the my federation wouldn't let me. They said that they needed me to compete for funding. Mm -hmm. So it became this thing where I requested to go home three times. I was denied. And it when he passed away, he passed away while I was competing. Um, and then the, the cameras went right in my face. Like, what's it like to lose your father? Are you upholding mm -hmm. his legacy? Mm -hmm. So I said what the generalized other society wanted to hear. Yeah, of course. Federation wanted to hear. Yeah. USOC. That, Again, for other people, right. not yourself. Yeah. But if, and if, now you're out of your own integrity, by the way. I lost it all. Yeah. So I had submitted to this environment that held winning an Olympic medal higher than my family. Exactly. And I didn't believe in that. So I lost who I was because I was like, exactly what you said. I started to become goal-oriented. My father was gone. Mm -hmm. So all I had was this Olympic movement, this mm -hmm. thing I'd been doing and crushing. But I, I was never as good as, it, as I had been prior to that moment because I had submitted against myself. Yeah. You know, instead of with myself, I submitted against it. I didn't face my guilt, my shame, or my grief because the Olympics had taken you over. You pushed that aside. And that stuff is there. And right. we don't want to access it because it's so frightening. Yeah. And, and it's and not yet, what anyone and, wanted and, to hear. And yet, ironically, I think uh, an hour ago, you stated you wanted a guy that was, the word wasn't frail. What was the word? Uh, uh, <laughs> fallible. Fallible. Right. And that's the fallible. Mm -hmm. So you have to find that in yourself before you're going to find the fallible guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't want a fallible guy. Yes, said, you do. No, you said earlier you wanted a fallible no, guy. No, I said I have a tendency to to like the fallible ones. Oh, I thought you wanted that because it actually is a great, uh, let's call it humility. Yeah, humility, you, overcoming adversity, understanding that's what I'm saying. the dark side. Well, it, it's a matter of semantics, but fallible okay. is not a bad word. True. But so you can if you can get to your vulnerability and your, you know, letting go of shame and letting go of all the judgments and everything that prevents you from being the true you, the mm -hmm. one that wants to just burst out into the world. Speaking truth. Yeah. See how wonderful that is. So try that. Oh, That's yeah. what we're gonna leave it on. You've been a great guest. This went by really fast. It Maybe did. we'll do a segment two and just talk about your nine other careers. <laughs> we could, I'm working on it. If we just start getting them to pay me. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get you paid. It's all going to happen. The more you, you know, dive in deep, you know, it's going to happen and trust. But you know what? It's a That's, lot of trust. That right there, what you described, diving in deep, you know, becoming one with yourself and, and you know, walking in the light, like exposing the good, the bad, the ugly. 
Like that is satisfying to me. That's it is, but we're not taught that. That's why this podcast exists. Well, I think because it's awesome. We are trying to get other people to influence them, encourage them, inspire them to do what we talked about today. Is you find out what your true self wants, your authentic self, and you go for that, and that's the goal. So we've had Katie Ulander on, the goal-oriented Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> Finding out all the fallible stuff with her and the vulnerable stuff and the and the but we get to the humility and I'll bet you feel wonderful being humble. That's the irony. We feel better when we're humble and admitting these things than when you're on a podium. Just be real. Exactly. It's so real. And the podiums aren't. That's a metaphor. You're on top of the podium, on top of the world, and you're still It's just a moment on the top an, of a exactly. thing. Exactly. It's just another moment. So it was, you've been a great guest, and I'm um, so happy you're in L.A. now. We can hang, and uh, we'll have more of these without a microphone. Deal. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Katie Ulander. How can we see you on or check you out on uh, social media? I got Instagram, Kate U 11 okay. and then all the other ones are Katie U 11 Katie U 11 okay. Katie U 11 it's a pleasure having you. Listen, if you did like today's podcast, or if you didn't like it, don't say anything. And um, <laughs> if you if you if you did like it, rate it, give it a good rating, and tell people about it. You know, spread the word. If you know some single dudes that have integrity and they're a little fallible and humble, <laughs> you know where to find her. And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, podcast. It's Dr. Craig Shoemaker. Can I help you? And we'll uh, help you next time. Laughterheals.org. Go give it a visit. Check it out. See how you can support it's a nonprofit organization which offers grins, giggles, and guffaws and raises the awareness of the healing powers of laughter, working in aftercare facilities, hospitals, wood warriors, cancer patients, rehabs. Well, just about everybody needs laughter. We're here to spread it around. It is the best medicine, so just open up and say ha-ha. This episode was brought to you by LaughterHeals.org. How was that for my announcery, advertising, promotion voice? Laughterheels.org. Thank you.